welcome back to Who Day Today, episode two. I'm Rob, as always, my partner in crime, Scott, uh, recording on a beautiful Friday, May 15th. How you doing, Scott? Good. Happy to uh, be off work and start the weekend. Yes, I will back you on that 100%. Another uh, terrible quarantine life. The more we progress, though, we're going to have a season of sports. That's the way it looks. Baseball's running through stuff. Uh, a lot of soccer leagues are coming back into play. NBA is back into uh, the workout facilities. So we're, we're progressing in the right direction. I just hope it all stays safe enough for us to do this. That's the real question. That is the real question. I mean, there's a lot of testing that they're going to put in place, which is great. There's always the fear of a second wave of this uh, COVID coming through, things you can't prepare for. But I think for the most part, a lot of these leagues are taking the proper steps to really ensure before they put the health and safety of their players uh, at risk that they had everything done correctly to make sure they can protect everyone involved. Seems like it. Uh, my, the biggest bummer for me is I was really wanting to go to an NFL game this year. Uh, I've yet to go to one, so I was really going to yeah. try to make that happen. We, we need to get you out, Scott. We need to get you out. I know. I've been to some Ohio State games in Indy, but that's about it. Hopefully this year the Bengals will be just as good as the Ohio State games we go watch in Indianapolis. Because those are for the Big Ten Championship, so hopefully. Usually those are great. <laughs> what do we say? CBC? Cigars, bourbons, and championships? Yeah, yes sir, yes sir. 2020. Well, let's get yep. into uh, what what are we going to talk about this week, this episode? First, I, I I just want to bring this up from my wonderful Friday at work. I got to see not one, but two grown men waiting for over three and a half hours for guess what? That for guess what? Three and a half hours. On a Friday afternoon? Afternoon. From about 1.30 to 5 o'clock. At your place of work? At my place of work. What are they waiting for? <sighs> suspense. It's killing me. They need ones. They need ones. <laughs> I got it. Damn it, no. They're not waiting for me. They're no. waiting for the card lady... The lady who brings the merchandise for the baseball, basketball, and football card boxes and collectible like packs that they sell in the store. At Walmart? At Walmart. She brings it into supply and they waited there for three and a half hours. Joe Burrow cards? I asked the lady, I actually asked when these all these gentlemen left, I actually approached her and I said what were they buying that they had to jump you as soon as she got there they're buying the newest edition of football basketball and baseball cards so I'm assuming for football that makes obvious sense the 2020 rookies probably getting their yeah. cards out there's definitely some stars in that group that will be possible Hall of Famers yes yes you baseball, can't say that every draft too. baseball True. too I don't know shit about yeah. baseball. 
Well, just new signings. You know, it's like the Reds have their new players. They probably have their cards out of them in the Reds uniforms. Gotcha. I know those that Whatever collect are... It seems like the re- the only reason that market's propped up is whoever collect collects diligently and they want... Like, oh, the, I want the first year so-and-so signed with the Reds or whatever. These dudes, they probably spend, I would say, $200 a piece on these cards. Just there. They basically are helping this lady open boxes and going through them. Still and do that? Do they still buy just, trading cards? I Let me guess. ask my wife. She's a teacher. Do kids still play buy playing cards like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and a little bit? Nothing like when we were kids. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, I would bring the a internet to changed school. anything. I would oh, bring yeah. it. Uh, it's fucking internet porn. Why? <laughs> Why would yeah. you play cards now? You don't need card games. If you're 12 with uh, access to the internet in your pocket, <laughs> probably watching Pornhub. You don't care about Yu-Gi-Oh anymore. For crying out loud. What if I had that access when I was twelve? Probably would have turned out to be different people. Nope. Wouldn't have had a Game Boy, I'll tell you that right now. Why would you want a Game Boy? <laughs> why why would you indeed? Well, I just thought maybe I thought it was ones because you work at a bank and I thought maybe the strip clubs were opening up again. That was my guess. That's a solid guess, but no. No, that that is not not the reason. They were uh, for baseball, football, and basketball cards. And apparently, this lady has a, as I quote from dealing with her, has a fan club. There are dudes that have her work number, and they call her to see when she's bringing a shipment into certain areas. No way. That's crazy. Yes. Well, that's the top of the list you'll never find me doing. Sorry. (laughs) No, not at all. I just guessed because seven and a half out of ten stories that you have are are dirty, so I figured it would have been dirty. Seven and a half, yeah, that's a pretty good number. That feels right. Known you a long time. I've done the averages. That feels right. <laughs> All right, let's move yeah, it on. What's up? I accept that. I accept that. Accept uh, it. Line up for today. Line up for today. Um, the first part is admitting that you have a problem. And yeah. I'll admit to all of you out there today, I have a problem. What's your problem, Rob? I don't think James Harrison has paid enough money for that hit on Muhammad Massaquah. You're probably right. <laughs> Just for the amount of money you can fit in an envelope that didn't take care of that fine. Just putting money in an envelope. I tend to think of that scene in Dodgeball when he pays him $100,000 and he opens a briefcase and it's just a small stack in the middle. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, do you know what $100,000 looks like? Pete LeFleur, this is what it looks like. What's the, uh, what was his fine? The amount of it? Do we know? Uh, it's like 75 or 50,000? Depends what bills. Maybe no. covered a portion. I feel like anyone that's butthurt about that should shut the fuck up. He didn't do anything wrong. Uh, you won't find me agreeing with the Steelers player very often. No, not to mention, I hated that man. I truly yeah. hated that man. He was, he was a piece playing. of shit. For all the right reasons, he was a piece of shit. But uh, I think, I mean, he made a legal hit. And that whole time period when they were finding people for hits that were considered clean in the game was ridiculous. Yes. Well, let's, let's start real quick, just so anyone doesn't know. Um, 
James was on a was it a podcast, a radio show? What was it? Scott, do you remember? Podcast. It was one of the Barstool, I think. I don't really follow well, those guys a bunch. Yeah. He he made a comment where he said after that hit, Mike Tomlin handed him an envelope, basically. And in the facility later, right? And later in the week? Yes, after like after the game. Or yeah, yeah. Was it after the? It was after the game. So let's see. What did he say here on his his, uh, his retaliation on on? I'm guessing Twitter. His his stuff. Yeah, Twitter or Instagram. Could have been Instagram. No, Twitter. I don't Twitter. know. That's Twitter. That's Twitter. Um. He said, "Wow, y'all really comparing what I said to Bounty Gate? Mike T has never paid me for hurting someone or trying to hurt someone or put a bounty on anybody. I don't think he had a bounty on him. Uh, it was after the fact, right?" It, it was definitely after the fact. I don't. I don't think there was a bounty. Not to mention Muhammad Masakwa wasn't exactly you know the cleanest. Calvin, he wasn't Calvin Johnson. He wasn't like he was the best yeah. player on the field. Oh yeah, I don't for know sure. why they put a, put a bounty out on Muhammad Masakwa. Also, before we get too much further, don't think I don't think James Harrison is stupid for saying this on a podcast. Oh, oh no, 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 he is backtracking we have a group chat and uh our friend brandon put it out there and first thing i said why he's snitching mm-hmm. why why tell on yourself you know for 100 100 fact he had no idea what he just said as soon as he came out of his mouth he was probably thinking damn how do i backtrack this probably he might have been having too good of a time and accidentally let that slip. He was at Barstool's. So, that Barstool guy's there. He's retired, right? Oh, yeah. He's been retired for a couple of years. That's what I thought. So, he's not in the league anymore. He, you know, a couple of years off. But Tomlin is, though. That's one of the things, like... He, and we just literally talked about him in this last podcast about how we both like Tomlin and we think he should go somewhere else. I hate him as a Pittsburgh Steeler, but I think he is overall a good coach who would benefit from another uh, scene yeah definitely um, so let's let, let's get into what else he said uh, if you knew the full story of what happened back then you'd know that BS fine for a legal play wasn't even penalized during the game like we said mm-hmm. uh, it's all about the pressure they had to make them seem like they were taking care of players or cared about player safety which 100% the league's full of shit. Uh, they were selling the photo of that same play for 55 bucks on the NFL website. So you could buy a poster, probably framed 55 bucks with that hit. Yeah. And other yeah. videos of NFL's greatest hits. So yeah, come on. Um, so here's, where he, here's where he's right. He's right about the fact that this was during the concussion area where the NFL started to actually realize, oh shit, we've got to start trying to take care of this. Yeah, they caught when Will Smith was thinking about making a movie, and they started finding motherfuckers. Heavy. Hot and heavy. Uh, This is the era of the, you hit someone too hard, we're finding you. um, Is it it right or wrong? (sighs) I think sometimes you get some of these helmet-to-helmet hits, it's kind of like, clear as day, you were going in there with the intent to hurt that man. I agree there are some egregious hits obviously in college um, you're taking the steps and we've seen good calls but I've seen a lot of bad calls too 
think they just need to be more open about their officiating and it wouldn't cause as much problems. They just said, hey, this is yeah, the call we made, this is why we made it. The XFL had the per- perfect. The NFL just needs to adopt that method of, hey, here's the call, that's why we made it. Back to the field. You know, if it's wrong later, at least you're like, you know what, they thought about it, yeah. how it applied to the rules, and if going forward it's not right, they can change it. But uh, just allow it to be thought about for five seconds instead of going behind a veil. They've always, they've always struggled with this. And it only adds to the cause of the NFL's fixed and things like that. You know, it, it just yeah pushes that idea. Um, did you say anything else worth mentioning? I pretty much backed out of it a little bit. Now, the one thing I noticed he didn't, he didn't really mention in that what was in the envelope, right? Not at all. Not that I'm aware of. So, I mean, he does say smart. the media people and all the fans are sending money to me and the team to cover the fine. So, I mean, he made a comment, but... He, I, I feel like he put something out there, said what he had to say, but never really actually covered, never really addressed the first comment. It was never, well, what was in the envelope, James? It was just, Mike Tomlin would never have me hurt somebody. Well, it could have been full of anything. It could have been. I mean, we are living in a society today where things get taken out of context greatly all the time uh, for all you know there could have been you know just a envelope of all those hooker tags you get in vegas all those uh, little coupons they hand out on the street could have could have been but i don't think it really matters uh you know there's nothing else going on though so but right. i just you know a real g would have never said anything to begin with but i ain't gonna say that to his face mm-hmm. that dude kill mm-hmm. me g yeah. coat scarface let him know <laughs> We don't talk to police. <laughs> uh, it was I, funny. I, I, it's a funny story. I like it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, yes. So one of the articles I sent you: top twenty-five NFL rookies in the best position for success in twenty twenty. Read this today on NFL.com. I found it interesting mainly because it has some guys in there. It's not all about first rounders. Um, everyone's tired of hearing about them already yes yes I mean we'll start with I'm gonna start I'm gonna go go to your neck of the woods go to the Bears yeah it looks like number 25 Uh, on the floor Bears Bears. who's gonna win the Super Bowl probably not the Bears but it'd be cool if we made the Bears. Bears. not the Bears no no Uh, but yeah they got Jalen Johnson who was the 50th overall pick I had him as a first-round pick on all of my mock boards that I did, and I saw that across the board a lot of people had him pretty high up there. Probably the best pick in the second round, almost. I don't know. They really did turn their they they turned their second-round pick into a first-round pick, surprisingly. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and this is a team that had very little picks, and that's an A-plus grade. You don't get a better second-round pick than that, really for the most part. Um, I mean, if he would have went to Alabama, he would have been number pick number six. And uh, what what did, did he get injured or something too? Maybe? No. No, he did I not. He, just, he, played, he, he think... just played for Utah. That was his biggest 
gripe. But I watched some tape on him. This dude knows how the game works. You can just tell by the way he reads stuff. And uh, his lateral quickness is unbelievably fast. Get hits with a double move. Right now, I apologize. It does say on here, uh, he did have a history of shoulder surgeries. The most recent one he had, a, he had a soldier surgery in March. Okay. Just doing a little, doing a little research. So he did have some injury history which probably led to him slipping out of the first round. I think it was that he played for Utah. What did him in the most? I mean, we could have a whole podcast on why the Pac-12 is no longer really the Pac-12. It's a shell of itself. 1,000%. But he made some of, the, some of those quarterbacks that look like clowns a little bit and some of his highlights. Yeah. The man can pick a ball. But, um... I don't want this all to be about him. I can go on. I should only get a Bears minute for every podcast. <laughs> and and it, that's it. There goes my Bears minute. Well, looking on this board, who, who, uh, have you seen anybody that interests you? Oh, J.K. Dobbins for number 18. I thought that he went way later than he deserved to. And uh, the Ravens are going to be so fucking nasty next year when it comes to their run game. It is interesting that they picked him knowing they have Mark Ingram who had a great year and they have Justice Hill who they just drafted in the third round I think last year at Oklahoma State. The fact J.K. Dobbins is still on the board. What a nasty pick. I mean, how many years does Mark Ingram have on his contract? They only have one left. I mean, they're wanting to win that Super Bowl this year. They want it. And that's going to, I mean, obviously they didn't need a running back, but good Lord, that kid can play anywhere on the field too. I mean, use him as a, he's a a three down back and he's built like a goddamn bowling ball. It's crazy. It's crazy that he went to where he went, but you know, sometimes the world works like that. Perfect pick for, for him. I mean, he may not get the rock a lot this year, but he's set up to succeed in the long run. 1,000%. 1,000%. I mean, uh, all he has to do is put on a little juke here and a juke there, and dude's going to be on the highlight reel with yeah. their offense. That line they have is significant. The offensive line. E- yes. They Will they make good draft picks? Um, at, both tackle, at both tackle, uh, both tackle spots. Uh, Good into uh, each person in the center. Both guards are good. Now, obviously, losing Marshall Yonda could hurt them, but I still think they'll find someone to fit them and they'll be nasty still. You know, they play in the North. They got to be able to run the ball. Mm hmm. Because that shit gets and cold. They still have Lamar Jackson back there, also? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. He runs a little bit too, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, a couple yards. The game You're there, yeah, yeah. Uh, who else are we? You got on here? Uh, I'm actually gonna go right to another running back, just because you know he has this broken down. Whereas it's you know different different categories the guy does. So he's like he's got the uh, don't sleep on them section. I see that big opportunity, big, big playoff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, those are the. And okay. then I'm gonna go with greatness within reach section. I'm going to okay. go right down the number number eight. 
Jonathan Taylor went to the Colts. I thought super interesting pick for the Colts, who themselves had a really good draft for not having the first uh, first round pick. Uh, this dude's really a beast. Draft. Jonathan Taylor can run the rock. Um, he was my number one running back on my board. I thought. Yeah, he's better than Dobbins. Maybe he was not as versatile, but almost is. But he definitely a better. He doesn't catch as well out of the backfield, but I think that's more so because at Wisconsin, that's not asked of you. No, they get behind the big boys and they run up the There's middle. Just, you get behind meat and you just get the ball 20 times a game. They don't he grow for, all the corn for nothing. I mean, he ran for, I think, what, 2,000 yards in like two straight seasons, something ridiculous like that. He has a fumbling problem. That's his only issue. But, my God. But I was always what? worried when they played Ohio State with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I think it's be great, especially he gets to sit behind Marlon Mack. So, Mack can take a brunt of the load, put Jonathan Taylor in there, get him 15 touches a game, and you might see this kid explode. He might... He might average line. like six yards a carry. He said Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirani is calling Mack and Taylor a one-one punch instead of a one-two punch. Look at this. These guys are they've set up their offense to win this season for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that all goes comes down to Chris Ballard. He's a good he's good. I like Chris Ballard. He's really making good moves. Um, uh, I, I think mean, the head coach is good. Well, what can you get out of Philip Rivers? I, honestly, that's what that team depends on right now is what can you get out of Philip Rivers? Well, running game like that, you just need him to hit the play action, and the dude can hit the play action. And get that he can. And um, I think he is might have his most fun year to date because he's not in fucking California and Indianapolis is going to love Philip Rivers. He talks oh, shit. And his 12 kids. And he's and polite. He talks yeah. shit politely. Like you can put a oh, mic he, on him and pump it into the stadium. It's perfect. He is, it's a match he's, a southern, he's a southern boy going to play in a Midwest city. He'll be great. Yeah, it's going to... They're, they're going to be scary. Look out for T.Y. Hilton because Mike Williams last year, I don't know if you saw his stats. He was averaging, I think, like three catches a game, but the three catches were going for like 90 yards. There was a stretch where he uh, had like a three-game-in-a-row stretch where he had at least a catch for over 40 yards. Yeah. What do you think T.Y. Hilton does? He explodes. And is, is it a contract year for him? It is. I remember reading that, so uh, he's got a lot to prove, and the dude still wants to prove he can get down. How old is he, he now? Have, uh, 31, I think. Oh, he's not that old. I thought he was 34. Okay. No, he, so he's he, like AJ Green age. He's definitely due another good contract, and if they put it together this year, and if he stretches that field out, he's going to catch those deep throws. Mm-hmm. Um... They might put it together and make a run at it this year. I'm not 100% sure what their defense looks like. That might be their Achilles heel. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you. 
Yeah. Been on that one. We'll, we'll have to find out as we get more into the year. Uh, anyone yeah. else? Oh, well, um, the whole reason we're doing this podcast, I'm going to go right down to the top contenders for rookie of the year honors section. Yeah. I'm going to go right to number two. It's a young man known as the Tiger King in these parts. Joe Burrow. If uh, Joe, if the if the offensive line keeps up, I think this could happen. Uh, just due to the receiver core in Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Um, thankfully, they're all young enough that they can afford them all, because it's not going to last. I mean, I saw an article. I didn't put it on here, but just speaking of the Bengals, Joe Burrow. It's the article basically said, "Don't be surprised if Joe Burrow and the Bengals contend a lot sooner than you think they will." It was basically going on about how this is not your typical two and fourteen team. Two and fourteen teams don't have a premier running back like Joe Mixon, don't have a stellar wide receiver core with a tandem like Tyler Boyd and AJ Green. Not to mention adding T Higgins. And you can you pretty much got you getting Jonah Williams back, who's another first round pick. Last year, if they have AJ Green, they at least get two more wins. Oh yeah, I think no, that, especially with Andy Dalton, AJ Green. Andy Dalton, yeah. AJ Green have such a connection. It was that a good, yeah. They had timing. There were, correct. There were times if AJ was on that field, you know, we would have completed. That would have been a third down conversion. You know. You could say like that would have been a third down conversion. Oh, that would have been a first down. Oh, that would have been a touchdown. Whatever it would have been, you'd be like, hey, if that were AJ, this would have happened. Or he would have pulled coverage. You know, he opens True. up the field a lot for for John Ross specifically. But hell, he didn't do too bad without him. No, no. And obviously, Tyler Boyd was second thousand yard year in a row, basically without AJ Green. Imagine if we get AJ Green, T Higgins. That means you pretty much you can't double all of them. No, you definitely can't. And if uh, Joe Burrow keeps up his accuracy, it won't be a problem. That's going to be the biggest thing. Can he adjust to the speed of the secondaries in the NFL? Obviously, he had to deal with some fast secondaries in the yes. SEC, but we're talking about now, a whole other level. Yeah, I will say this too that they. Uh, Joe Burrow on an interview was giving um, <coughs> excuse me he mentioned that this offense is really they're really trying to build this around him they actually asked him that they asked him for what his top 10 plays were from LSU Yeah, to send them what those were and they're going to see either A if they're already in their playbook or B how they can incorporate it into their playbook they, they want him to be comfortable they want him to come in and be like, hey, we're building this for you. Absolutely. But I'll tell you that that did not happen for Carson Palmer. No. This is a not. weird thing for the Bengals organization to do. Yeah. Hey, they're they're trying to do things different. They're trying to do things different, and I think a lot of people can see it. It just it, uh, Sometimes I don't know how to feel about it. Like, uh, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop, you know? What's yeah. Up with I mean, we, we're Bengals fans, so yeah. There's always a yeah. second shoe. We're definitely getting 
I'm also worried we're getting the hype hyped up that happened to the Browns last year. I mean, they were so hyped. Yeah, and they're, they're hyped this year still. Still, but I, more of the hype has definitely moved to the Bengals, obviously, with the number one pick. Um, yeah. You know, so you got to take everything good about that and everything bad about it, too. Uh, I'm all about being on this hype trade because I, I don't get to ride a lot of hype trains. And no. uh, especially in Cincinnati. So fuck it. I'm on it, but I'm not in the front. Yeah, we, we got hype baseball and football. So right now is a, it feels like a really good time to be a Cincinnati sports fan. Yeah, except nothing's happening. So I'm just like, it's a weird space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of just good off seasons for Cincinnati, um, to move on to our next little, little section here. Another link I sent you NFL.com. Uh, this one talked about the six best off seasons in 2020. Now, this is according to Gil Brand, who's uh, been around for a long, long time. Uh, let me quickly just read down his rank six best off seasons. He's a top six in his opinion. Uh, we have starting at number one, we have the Miami Dolphins. Oh, this is an easy one. Of course, it's number one. <coughs> yeah. Uh, number two, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, this is also a, a second duh. Anyone who, any team that signs Tom Brady was probably going to be at least one or two. Two at the, you yeah. know. That makes number sense. Number three, the Arizona Cardinals. They have one team to thank for that, and that's Houston. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Um, they took, Houston they literally, literally took Arizona's dead weight and gave them their best player. Maybe second best. Yes. Arguably. Yes. Arguably first best. And then they got Isaiah Simmons at number eight overall, who I thought was potentially a top five prospect, and he fell to them. So sure. with basically two players, they could have essentially changed their offseason. I'm thinking uh, about drafting Kyler Murray again this year in fantasy because he, dude's going to go a sophomore off. slump. It could be a sophomore slump, though. It could be, but dude, he looked like he wanted it so bad last year and dude. had some crazy games, but he, they just didn't have the pieces. I wonder still about their offensive line. I don't remember what they've done. Well, a lot of mock drafts, including my own, had them going with an offensive tackle at eight. But you can't pass up a stud like Isaiah Simmons, so I, I don't blame him for that move. True. But uh, one in one way, yes, they now have a year's full tape on him playing at the NFL level and know how to react to that. But on another hand, they just added maybe a Hall of Fame receiver to their offense. For sure, top three in the NFL right now. I'd put him top three. I mean, you you can't say to me that Kyler Murray's not more established than Joe Burrow. I mean, in the NFL, like that, he's got he won Rookie of the Year last year, so yeah. I mean, and he was they also probably a will have a, it, he probably will have a better season. The the Cardinals will have a better season than the Bengals. I'd agree with that when it comes down to it. All right, let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, number four. I think this is where it gets a little little crazy. Okay. Number four, the Denver Broncos. Well, Judy. 
great pick. Their right. draft was their draft was good, but I'm still not sold on Drew Locke, I guess, in my mind. Or the fact that they signed Melvin Gordon and they have Philip Lindsay is is I Lindsay like their is great. <laughs> he was great in my Madden season. <laughs> so yes. I'm uh I'll sign off on him. I mean they, they added oh. talent, they did, but they added a lot of aging talent. AJ Boye, Darrell Casey. It's it's guys where it's like, hmm, these guys are Gordon, good, though. but I would say Melvin Gordon, that same boat, man. He's a You think? I think uh paired with <laughs> Philip Lindsay, it gives them a uh a good running back for any situation. He's gotta be on the field though. Sure does. You're right. Well, uh, well, been as a but I, also, I think Vic, Vic Fangio is a great coach and uh, is going to put pull them together a lot more than they were last year and, you know just more time and his own picks obviously mm. I, again I I think they had a good off season but my point of bringing this stuff up is just you know did they have a who in my mind I don't understand why the Bengals wouldn't be on this list after everything they did. So they pretty much changed the franchise culture. 100,000%. I would put the Bengals over there. The Bengals should be fourth. Well, Maybe third. Sure. If not fourth, if we like the Broncos, here's where they definitely should go ahead of. Yeah. Number dude, five. Las the, Vegas Raiders. What? That's a big... No, no. No. Just, they swung and they've been swinging and missing on draft picks for years now. They Agreed. drafted a left tackle last year that hasn't done anything. They drafted Selen Farrell fourth overall, who was <laughs> turd. Uh, but I don't hate all of their uh, off their uh, acquisitions in free agency, though. No, I think they that, made anything good pickups. Um, good job picking up, you know. St- players who the Bears couldn't afford to keep Nick uh, Kwiatkowski is uh, going to be good a really good up. linebacker solid pull up I was sad to see him go um, but it is what it is you know sometimes the money's not there for everyone when you gotta pay a Cleo Mack yeah but on the draft, side of the ball their drafts uh, Henry Ruggs I, I liked him he was good fast receiver there's I love David Arnett. He played for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah. There's no way in fucking hell he should have been a first-round pick. No They're way. They're definitely not top five. You can mark them off the list. Yeah. Yeah. And I put uh, six. Let's see who's sixth. New Orleans Saints. That's a... That's an interesting one. Well, they get a lot of points for having Drew Brees. Um, they... They added Emmanuel Sanders, which is a really, really good pickup. Uh, partner him Jenkins with Michael is a great pickup too. Yeah, um, will really help their secondary. Emmanuel <coughs> uh, Sanders, he's a great receiver. Uh, he's really reliable. It's a good, good like uh, partnership with Michael Thomas, someone who can stretch the field a little bit, take some of the pressure off of him. Uh, they get a lot of a lot of praise on here for the Jameis Winston signing, which I guess if you're going to replace Teddy Bridgewater, 
placing yeah. with the former number one overall pick isn't bad. Who had the most touchdowns last year? It's, it's not a bad pickup. No. Uh, and LASIK. That's a LASIK Jameis. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I, I mean, he's going to get some playing time because I think Drew Brees is good for at least a couple games being out at this point in his career. It is a possibility. The man's uh, knees. I just, I, I worry about him. <laughs> They're old. Poor, poor little fella. Their draft picks were bad. Caesar Ruiz, Zach Bond, both first round talent guys. So good pickups there. Put the Bengals on this list. This is crazy. Yeah, in my mind, the Bengals should at least be in the bottom three of this. They should be somewhere in that four, five, or six range. Uh, especially uh, again, talk about the Saints. They signed Malcolm Jenkins, which means they released Von Bell, who we signed. Yes, which is a good pickup. I mean, Von Bell is terrific. I mean, let's just think about it. you signed Von Bell, who plugged in as an instant starter. One thousand. DJ DJ Reader plugs in as an instant starter. Josh Bynes. Plugs Preacher in as an instant starter. Trey Waits plugs in as a. We basically went out and we signed five starters on it's defense. Not a, it's not a Cincinnati thing to do. No, no, we spent money. We then go and draft seven good picks, six which are captains, which is not a Cincinnati thing to do. You know, we're going out there to try to change this culture. Man, excuse me, I have something in my throat that I cannot shake. Get a drink, calm down. I know you're passionate. <sighs> Just gets me going. I actually have a picture here. I'm sitting in my office. Just see my Bengals fandom. Oh. I have a picture staring back at me of uh, me and uh, Peter wearing our matching Bengals jerseys, and he was probably about one year old. So. Yeah, I know. What what jerseys are they? Uh, we both have. Uh, sorry, he has a Andy Dalton jersey on, and I have an AJ Green jersey on. Yeah. Makes sense. So. Yeah. You getting him a Burrow jersey now? Uh, no, no. I'm gonna go get him a meat jersey. Yeah, oh, Gino <laughs> Atkins, Carlos Dunlap. Maybe, maybe get him my uh, Jonah Williams, just a big horse jersey. Gotcha. Show him, uh, give him someone to look up to. There he goes. You've seen his yeah. head. It's too, it's too big to play quarterback. It's too top. Yeah, you're not, you're not birthing quarterbacks. It's just, <laughs> it's not in there. Neither am I. No, no. We, at, these, at these most, boys. At most, someone we could we may be able to get a pitcher out of the, our balls, maybe a pitcher and then a MLB. But that would be it. Yeah, it would be a heater right. only closer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking like a young David Wells, just exactly just the heat. with probably a real uh, thick mustache. Yeah. Um. So, so let's. Uh, what else we have going on? I can't find last, it. Before. There it is. Last story I got, and this is one um, 
that's more information just came out tonight. Probably the biggest story right now in the NFL. Uh, the DeAndre Baker, Quentin Dunbar, uh, warrants out for robbery in uh, Florida. So these two men uh, oh, allegedly crime. allegedly yeah. were accused of armed robbery with gun possession charges and not to mention, I believe, assault with a deadly weapon uh, for Baker. Now, Quentin, uh, Quentin Dunbar uh, now plays for the Seattle Seahawks after being, I think, traded from the Redskins this year. Uh, DeAndre Baker was just a first-round pick last year for the Giants, still plays for them. Uh, apparently, they went to a party with guns. They robbed cash and watches. But there has... Uh, what was the latest news that came out this evening, Scott? Uh, there are... Coming from Mike Michael Greco. Greco? Uh, who cares? The attorney for the Seattle Seahawks cornerback, Quentin Dunbar said he has five sworn affidavits from witnesses that say his client was not involved in an alleged armed robbery that took place. So he's saying there's five people with sworn affidavits who say he was not there. He was somewhere else, I'm assuming, with them. The attorney doesn't say that unless he's serious, I don't think. Now, here's some interesting facts on it. One, first of all, Quinn Dunbar is making $3.2 million this year. That doesn't sound like someone who needs to go rob somebody. Definitely not. Just a party for whatever they had on them, too. Yeah, yeah. That's like some, like, low-level, you know, street crime stuff. Robbing but, people out of quality. Yeah, and what, I'm sure there's been some people who jumped to conclusions, you know. just I'm just going to let it play out. Um uh-huh. Now, a lot of people, DeAndre Baker does have some character issues, the off-the-field stuff. There's a lot of people that uh, completely took him off their board last year because of his character and personality traits. So, there are some concerns and issues there. Yeah, well, to see what comes out with him and his lawyers. It says the Giants were contacted. They're aware of the situation. They've been in contact with DeAndre. We have no further comment at this time. So, I mean, you know, one, this is 24 hours. It's not a lot of time for things to happen, especially in quarantine, you know. Right. This is is definitely something that we're going to have to follow up on. uh, Yeah. They're not having Zoom meetings about this either. No, no. I wonder what the real story is. I guess we'll we might know in a few months, maybe a few weeks. It it will um, sneak itself. It'll sneak its way out, and it'll we'll I mean, see it's the, what's it's happening. Not the first time a local law enforcement authority, you know, went after a high-profile NFL player without a lot without of all, without without all their ducks in a row. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll see how the facts play out here. But, I mean, for right now, again, this is definitely one of the top stories in the NFL, especially to get a first-round pick from last year. Definitely, and there's nothing else going on. No, there is not. So, you know, in a quarantine, 
NFL news world, uh, two men wanted for armed robbery sticks out. Sure. I think we squashed that then pretty good. We'll follow up with it more as we hear. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I don't think there's really anything else to speak about. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got nothing on my list. Uh, we're just you know keep keep looking out and for any good news what we see, especially that involving our Cincinnati Bengals. But right now there's not much happening in the news world. Um, we're just, again hopefully everything uh, health wise starts progressing and we can start really seeing sports pick up and start seeing these guys get together get on the field and start chucking the football around. Uh, quick question. Have you been watching any of the Michael Jordan documentary? The I, I have. Uh, the Last Dance, I mean, it's really good. I haven't watched. I'm not as caught up as I should be. Uh, I think me and the missus just finished episode five uh, earlier in the week. Yeah. Um, but it, we'll have you been watching it? Yeah, I'm caught up I'm waiting for the next two to come out. And whenever you get a chance to listen to it, we'll we'll talk about it on here. See how we felt about it. That's oh, fantastic so far. I think it's good. Um, I don't. I'm not in love with how much they jump back and forth in time. It was cool at first. Yeah, that they do it too often. But we'll hold so that. I think that 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 continues then. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it doesn't stop. It seems like it's the style. So. I, I kind of get what they were going with, but I think if it was a two-part series, that'd be one thing. But with ten, you're like, can we it push gets, the story a forward? Tedious. Yeah, yeah. And then I just get lost a little bit because I'm not always 100% paying attention to it <laughs> either. I mean, there's some down. It's any documentary. You're not always 100% focused. Yeah, it I'm not. Like, I'm not just delving into it and staring at it constantly yeah it's definitely entertaining it's it was made to be entertaining for sure the way they have all the reactions set up and it's cool to see behind the curtain on someone who strived to be the I mean, one of the best the goat. at anything yeah I mean, he's the goat the, what it really shows you is just the drive and just the lack of lack of care for anything that's not about winning if you weren't about winning his mentality was not for you yeah that makes for a hard work day sometimes yeah 1000% well uh I think it's been a pretty good episode definitely I think it'll be more this sized instead of having big long hour ones um, yeah. But it all depends on kind of the news and what we want to talk about, because it's more for us than anything. Yeah, yeah, it depends what's out there. If something good happens, something interesting pops up to talk about, you know, it takes us 20 minutes to discuss it, it takes us 20 minutes. Yeah. Please follow us on Twitter at Today Today Pod. Follow us wherever you follow your podcasts. Uh, thanks a lot. Yep, thank you. Been a pleasure, brother. We will uh, talk again. Absolutely.